This episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 287 for the week of August 23rd, 2017. I'm Ben and with me tonight are... Scott. And Eddie. This episode is brought to you by Audible, Mike's Comics and Stuff, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the Fush Articulated Icons Feudal Series Deluxe White Ninja, the Hasbro G.I. Joe 50th Chuckles, and DC Collectibles Batman Black and White, Jim Lee Nightwing, and Norm Brayfogle Batman Statues. Greetings. Hello. <laughs> I'm loving the enthusiasm. Yay. Scotty, Scotty, you were you 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 reign supreme in the enthusiasm stakes. What's been happening? Yay me. Uh well, <laughs> what's been happening? Yeah. Um oh usual Scotty, you know, Biz been doing the um work thing, doing the travel thing. Trying to balance that with the family thing, and oh, how, how do you cope? Uh, my my signs that you know it's all too much. Um, this week, as I was hopping on the plane, I had two messages I needed to send before I <laughs> uh, um, we had to go into flight mode, and very efficiently used technology to um, ask my wife where she was planning on putting the skip for our upcoming landscaping project and told the <laughs> landscaper that I loved him and that I would call him when I got to the hotel. Aww. Yeah. So, That's sweet. Uh, yeah. He was touched. Um, <laughs> I hope did you get a service. dish cam on the landscape? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, sadly. No. Thankfully, thankfully uh-huh. he's someone that I, like we, he's done work for us before. And so it's not, it wasn't like a, <laughs> so I think he knows mm. I'm a bit of a, um, he just went. Mm, uh, was that? For-? I got basically. I got off the plane and got a message from each of them saying, "Was that meant for me?" <laughs> Which I replied, "No, sorry." Loser. I wonder if he had responded with yes. I wonder what if he would have heard anything ever again. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> uh, so, have you picked up anything interesting this week? I Other have. than your toy of the week, toys uh, of the week. Um, well, actually, on the uh, weekend, um, I collected my Marvel Legends A Force box set. Um, Ooh. Which, yes, which you know, the price of that on the secondary market is only going skyward, and so mm-hmm. I made I was keeping an eye on it and decided uh, that I needed to. Uh, jump now rather than later and so i thus did and um i mean obviously we'll be talking about that you know at some point in the near or distant future when you guys get or (laughs) never get yours christmas episode yeah yeah (laughs) Mm. um and yeah so um you know i think that uh that it's awesome Basically, that's what I'm saying. Mm. Oh, cool. Yep. Yep. Nice. Ah, very good. All right, Mr. Eddie, have you been uh, sexting any tradespeople? Not n- any more than usual. That's <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> Did used to, in our um, 
teenage years when we were, uh, you know, sort of driving on the road, going on road trips and that, and you'd have the van in front of you that's had a tradie and they'd often have their mobile number on the back of the van. Uh, We used to send text messages to them saying like, (laughs) hello, cutie, how you doing? And (laughs) things like that. And then you'd see them look Uh, in the rear view sort of with a smile and that smile just disappear (laughs) off the uh, run. That's probably why a lot of vans you'll notice don't have the uh, mobile numbers of the person inside anymore like they once did. It's probably my fault. Oh, isn't that funny? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And to this day, you've wondered why you ended up on the blacklist. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> I always have to be careful. I can't get a tradie. Um, no, I um, actually had two days off in a row this week, which was amazing because it's probably been since March uh, since that's happened with me. Uh, so I was very excited because it was the same weekend uh, Defenders was coming out. And I was planning to do a bit of a binge. And then something kind of toy-related, I decided to give a Humble Bundle a try. Have you guys heard of Humble Bundle? Mm, I can't say as I have. So it's a charity, and what they do is they give out um, digital things. So it could be video games, uh, could be albums, could be uh, electronic books. And on the Humble Bundle deal this week, it was all the IDW Hasbro stuff. So uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers, pretty much from the beginning of uh, both properties, almost up to uh, current day. Uh, So you can elect how much you give, um, but there is tiers, the highest tier is $25. And so for $25, you could get, pretty much all of IDW's Hasbro books, which uh, includes some of my favorites like Last Stand of the Wreckers and a book I'll actually be talking about a little bit later uh, Mm. in this episode. I based the theme on it. Uh, But it turns out you get uh, basically PDFs of this book. So my weekend off ended up being me working out how to (laughs) take literally hundreds and thousands of PDF pages and try to get them (laughs) in some sort of readable order on my iPad so I could uh, read it on the train (laughs) in my way to work, which was my plan. And it took a lot of back and forth and pretty much the whole weekend, but uh, I uh, did finally manage to do that. Uh, but so yeah, I, I did quite like this service. There's very little amount of money. I've got a lot of digital reading now to do. Sweet, good on you. Good on you. Very good. Any scores to speak of other than your uh, toy of the week? Uh, well, I've been also on uh, the Transformers kick I talked about last week, and actually had a lot of luck. I found uh, not only the current wave of titans return transformer figures uh but i found the next wave as well uh so two waves hit uh in one week which was very nice and i had a uh, guy on one of the transformer boards post that he found a wave at a kmart near me so i dropped in the next day and picked them up and then the next day i found the other wave and posted that on the same aussie transformer thing and the guy who posted the first wave actually saw it and worked right next to the Maya, so popped in. So we helped each other out uh, without planning to in a bit of karma, which was good. Mm. Good on you. Oh, good um, stuff. Where, where exactly did you find them? Uh, Maya in the city and a Kmart at Airport West. Cool. 
Hmm. Very cool. And, and what about hmm. you, Mr. Ben? All good. Uh, yeah, usual kind of stuff for me. Uh, I actually had uh, a nice little box arrive this week from our co-host and good friend, Engineer Nerd. Um, as uh, many people have probably heard us rant about, we don't have Walgreens here in Australia, so we have to rely on the kindness of others. And uh, John did exactly that, and he <laughs> has a, an interesting approach where he collects them over a period of time. So uh, anyone who's after a, a Walgreens Punisher or anything like that, and then when he has sufficient numbers for the uh, uh, relevant Aussie hosts, he puts together a box and, and sends it across. So it was very good of him to do that. So, yeah, yeah it's nice to be able to stay on top of some of those things. That's cool. Um, yeah, instead of chasing them through the, you know, eBay and places like that. So I also... Um, engineer nerd. Yeah. Yeah. I also need to uh, give a shout-out to Josie Wales, who's one of the longtime AFB forum members, who when I mentioned, um, you know, my luck in picking up an R5-D4 for the Star Wars Black series, um, said, oh, okay, well, next time I walk past a GameStop, I'll have a look, and then sent me a message the next day going, hey, I walked past a GameStop and I've got one for you. So, oh, wow. again, yeah, and I think, you know, we've talked about this in the past and, and you know, a lot of what this hobby is about is that, you know, it's just that um, that camaraderie between collectors who help each other out. So, so yeah, when cool stuff happens. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, quite pleased. All right, well, we have a whole bunch of toys to talk about, so we're going to come back after this break and we're going to talk about a couple of news items that we've seen before we get into our Toys of the Week. Very good. Excellent. Right. In five, four, three. Well, before we get to our main features, we like to start each episode with a couple of pieces of news. And uh, this is where we talk about the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We are not a comprehensive news service. This is just a couple of things that have caught our eye this week. And, uh, Eddie, what have you seen? Uh, so I found something that I wouldn't have thought uh, in my wheelhouse, but I've ended up really falling in love with, and that's uh, the film Zootopia uh, is getting a, uh, well, I was going to say a Figma, but it's not a fig- Figma. It's a uh, Coyote's uh, Revoltek. Uh, and it's of Judy Hopp from uh, the film <laughs> Zootopia. And this thing is stunning. I I can't quite work out if it's just an amazing sculpt or the actual CGI model of the character actually just works really well in toy form. But this is almost uh, Hot Toys quality for me, looking wow. at the uh, face and... Uh, all the ones. I'm just really impressed by uh, how much detail they've managed to fit in uh, this simple figure. So uh, I'm definitely going to be keeping my eyes out for this and see whether the actual toy ends up being as good as <laughs> uh, what gets released. But um, I just look at it and I'm very amazed at how accurate they got this girl. She's an absolute cutie. I, I love the ears. They look sensational. That big smile, etc. And I so many different have, facial expressions. Oh, it's beautiful. I have to confess, I have not seen this movie. I'm not, it, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure how it passed me by. I think my kids are kind of in that 
age gap where we're not necessarily seeing all these things anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a fun film um, and, you know, there's some great stuff in there that for adults too and, um, you know, the classic scene which you see in the trailer of where they're talking to the sloth at the Department of Motor Vehicles and the sloth is talking really slowly and it's just driving her bananas. And <laughs> I, I think it's kind of this... Um, you know, really uh, exaggerated version of what it's like to be a parent. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, when you want when you want to, your kids to hurry, they're in slow motion, and you know, when you want them to slow down, they're, they're running around like maniacs. It's, it's, uh, this this is a good looking figure. I do like yeah. it. Hmm. Yeah, and I do like it comes with a little carrot uh, click top pen for writing tickets. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And does it look like the uh, we're getting the fox as well? What's his name? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen anything yet, but I would assume if this one does well, he's got to be in there uh, coming. I'd also love a Terry Crews yak would be. Mm, mm. Looks like her uh, ears are articulated, so you can actually have them up or, you know, hanging. Yeah, they are. Cool. Excellent. I do like that. All right. What about you, Mr. Scotty? Um. So I um, noticed that DC Collectibles has uh, expanded their um, gallery statue offering with a new Superman versus the Flash racing statue, um, which you know is cool. Um, it is uh, I don't know if that's New Fifty Two or Rebirth Flash, but it's Flash with the extra you know crazy bits on the. Um, mm. Uh, costume that I'm not super excited about, um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but um, you know I think that it's great to just see some different things happening um, in this uh, the in in the line. Um, it's sculpted by Alterton and Alejandro Pereira, inspired by the classic Superman 199, but with the funky modern flash stuff. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure that this is going to be something that I'll add to my collection just because those characters are already really well represented and because it isn't classic. Um, and price-wise, um, it's not cheap. Um, it's like around 250 US. So, um, you know, that's going to cost a pretty penny here. But um, it's still, um, you know, something something new and it's still DC doing DC collectibles doing statue stuff, which I um, like. So that's my pick over the week. I really like it, but you know what I'm going to say about the base. Oh, I actually, yes, you go ahead. (laughs) Um, You know, the the art direction is actually really quite clever. So these guys are running along uh, a bitumen road uh, and, you know, they've managed to kind of um, give you the impression that there's, uh, you know, electrical energy, lightning type whatever coming uh, off of the flash and connecting with the road. Um, And then to do something nifty for Superman, it looks like he's kind of ripping up the the pavement a little bit. And I, I think they've managed to sort of emulate dust uh, and so it looks really cool. And then you just got the black disc underneath, so nothing fancy to take you out of uh, the moment, except they decided to stick a Superman logo on the side. <laughs> and what do you bet that the other side's got a Flash logo on it? Yep. Wow. I'm just, uh, if they didn't have that Superman logo, I would have been <laughs> like completely lost in this whole conversation. Um <laughs> 
The um, I, I always wonder, you know, they talk about when you become a police officer, you think it's going to be all action and that, but it's actually mm. a lot of paperwork. Do you think becoming a statue sculptor, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. I get to sculpt my favorite heroes. And then you spend 50% of your time sculpting bitumen roads and <laughs> rubble and... <laughs> Yeah, oh gosh, so there's some uh, some pretty cheesy bases like that that, yeah, you, you'd have to – and that's where I lose my patience with doing custom action figures and stuff. When you get to the dull bits, I just want to get it over and done with. And so, you know, you've got to sort of slow yourself down so that you don't wreck it. Or, uh, But I actually don't mind this. I, I think, you know, if they could – you know, this is the sort of thing where I, I think I'd cope if they brought out two versions, if they did a, a modern and a classic with just uh, enough tweaks – to differentiate them, I think you'd pretty much please everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I think that, um, you know, it's one of those things where I, I really don't know that if it was a classic, I, I wonder it being, a, a, sorry, I'll back up. I wonder which has a bigger impact on people choosing to buy this, the fact that it's not classic or if it was, because mm, I, I think yeah. that someone that really wanted a Superman and, um, you know, Flash running statue wouldn't go, oh, that's not how he appears currently. They'd be like, cool, it's Superman and Flash. Um, yeah. Know, where, yeah. Whereas it's, you know, it's more the me type people, the me type people that just get really cool, <laughs> um, that then kind of go, oh, yeah, that, you know, takes it from a must have to a, um, you know, a nice to have, but don't really need so mm. uh, i wish i could get into one of those meetings yeah. just to kind of give my you know two i two cents. have yeah. been in a lot of those meetings and i can imagine this is quote unquote brand awareness a lot of like okay this is how they are we want to have x amount of product up with this current look because this is the brand that we're going with this is what we're pushing uh at the moment rather than uh the other Oh, totally. uh, sort of I'm, way, which is totally because I, 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 I do think classic probably would sell slightly better, um, but it's just that um, weird execs trying to have their stamp running through. I would imagine, but the, yeah. this is all um, theory, well, really. Yeah, I mean, like obviously, we're a. I think you know we're we're a smaller subset of buyers than sometimes we think. You know, like I'm talking about the like truly classic fan, fans that, um, you know, I've we've been through this for years with DC Direct and DC Collectibles, and um, you know they bring out characters and it's the flash in the pan, um, you know, costume rather than the one that they had for 50 years, and we go what. But you know, but you know, maybe we're not as big a majority as we think we are. That's possible. Um, but then I don't know. I think. Yeah, I, I would say, judging by comic sales at the moment, we would still be the majority <laughs> because um, there's not that many people reading uh, no. current uh, Superman, and but and, which the Superman books are actually really good at the moment. I, if anyone is. Uh, looking for a jumping point at DC, the Superman stuff's actually um, top notch. But mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't imagine going on what uh, I sort of see on those 
uh, numbers ends that that's a big enough audience. Because the other thing is I tend to find a lot of collectors actually aren't that much current comic readers. It's not a big crossover, which... Which kind of continues, like, makes my point more. That I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, people that collect this stuff, if someone's going to put out that amount of money because they want, you know, they like the idea of a Superman and Flash running statue, I, I honestly don't know that they would look at a classic Flash and even notice that, Oh, that's different. You know, like it's, you know, does anyone love mm. those little, you know, extra yellow unnecessary lines? Like, I, <laughs> anyway. Jim Lee does. Uh, Jim Lee, well, obviously, yeah. But um, <laughs> anyway, I've, I have certainly, ex- you know, ranted enough and we should move on, but there's thus my rant. <laughs> well, uh, Scotty did mention the hefty price tag of that statue at $245, and that leads me into my piece of news. Uh, and that is that uh, Prime One Studios, who have really uh, taken the market by storm in terms of statues and, and hefty priced statues as well as uh, large scale statues, uh, announced that they are doing uh, statues based on Warhammer 40,000. So Warhammer uh, is a role-playing game, Warhammer Fantasy, Warhammer 40,000, just a futuristic version. Uh, I've been a long-time fan of uh, those games, been playing them since I was a a wee lad. And, uh, yeah, hearing that they had picked up the license to do statues I thought was pretty impressive because uh, it's a pretty rich canon. It's, It's been around for a long, long time. Uh, and there's a lot of good stuff. Um, a little bit disappointed to find out that the first statue uh, they're bringing out is actually it's from the Dawn of War 3 game. So um, I don't know whether the license only extends to game characters. Um, so the first one that they're coming out with is uh, Gabriel Angelos, um, who is uh, one of the Blood Ravens from uh, the game. Um, the, the statue itself uh, is insane. Like it, it really is impressive. Um, you know, he's in his Terminator armor. He's got his Thunder Hammer. Um, the level of detail is just crazy in, in this statue. Um, they've just captured every element of that that sort of armor. Um, but you know, Scotty and I have been collecting uh, premium format statues for a long time now, especially from Sideshow. Um, and, you know, every now and then we, we comment about how 400 is the new 300 um, mm-hmm. and then suddenly 500 is the new 400 and then sideshows start bringing out, um, you know, the new Deadpool statue, the new Lady Deadpool statue and, and we're sort of, you know, heading upwards of $700, uh, et cetera. Um, and uh, this bad boy is 1500 US dollars. Now, based on... Yeah, based on the dimensions, he's 33 inches tall. And looking at the relatively low base, I'm presuming that this is actually one-third scale, which is uh, Prime One's uh, scale of choice. So, you know, he's absolutely going to be uh, a huge piece and incredibly well-detailed. But, wow, 1500 US dollars. And by the time you ship a one-third scale statue that's that size to Australia, um, wow. Well, like I just, <laughs> I, I, I never, I mean, you know, I, I'm fairly, you know, I try to be fairly conservative um, with my statue orders. Like, you know, I certainly haven't been picking up every premium format that comes out, but something like this, I just, no, no, I just can't entertain the idea of um, by the time I add shipping, by the time I do the exchange rate, uh, it's a horrendous amount of money to pay for a statue. And 
Prime One's prices, this this is not that unusual for Prime One. A lot of their pieces are around twelve hundred. Um, so th- this is just crazy. And, and you know, you still get the detractors um, for Sideshow on the Facebook groups. But I tell you what, uh, at least Sideshow are kind of keeping their prices down. I think that this part of the Prime One um, price point uh, is more reflective of the Asian market, um, mm. and beca- which is huge. And, yep. um, you know, yep. there is a – so, you know, and I'm, I'm not quite sure – where this sits, you know, exchange rate for people that are, you know, living in those spaces, but mm, whether or not, mm. you know, whether or not it's actually at the same, you know, it feels as expensive to them as it does to us or not, don't know. Also, you know, whether or not they're just more cashed up than we are, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely um, a, kind of a funny uh because you know, I look. I think you know, the quality is obviously fantastic, but I definitely don't feel like I see that level of mm. price difference in it. Yeah, and I think what's uh, what would terrify me is if we think back to um, you know when we were doing pretty comprehensive news, uh, and it felt like every second week we were talking about the prime one uh, one third scale um, Batman statues. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, they were coming out thick and fast. So sure. I'd be terrified that I'd, I'd go, you know, I love the game. I love Warhammer 40,000. Yeah, I'm going to get this statue. And then two months later, the next one's out. And then two months later, the next one's out. Um, yeah, geez, that's uh, that's a pretty huge sort of commitment. So It sure is. Yeah. Mm. And also anyway, what look, it's a, happens oh, when you shuffle off the mortal coil and your family has to do something with <laughs> this. Yeah, lo- yes. <laughs> like, like I, I just don't know when you're getting into um and i know warhammer has a big following but to be honest if i'd seen this guy i wouldn't uh recognize him from things and just yeah what what happens to all this stuff in 50 years yeah i think one of my uh, all-time favorite memes that gets around the facebook collector groups is that picture um uh, of the guy looking really concerned and, and he says um you know, my greatest concern in life is that if something happens to me, my wife will sell my stuff for what I told her I paid for it. So, <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. Yeah. So there you go. So be honest with your uh, better halves. Yep. All right. Well, that wraps up a couple of interesting news items. We're going to have a quick break. We're going to come back and we will do our first Toy of the Week. Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack? The Lexor 7 armed with kryptonite? Will the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle? Activate Ram! New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin? Fish bait for Luther? Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. Well, it's time for our first Troy of the Week for this episode, and as he does when he's on, Ben is going to kick us off. So over to you, Ben. Hello. Thank you very much. Um, Many moons ago when I was a wee lad, uh, I got around Kickstarter and noticed that um, our buddies over at the Whoosh, uh, I always sort of feel like I've got a bit of an impediment when I say Whoosh, Whoosh. Um, launched a Kickstarter, and uh, this was kind of hot on the heels of the Four Horsemen's uh, Mythic Legions. 
So the Fush guys decided to give some action figures uh, a crack, and uh, they went with a, a six-inch line called um, uh, Articulated Icons, the Feudal Series. And this was uh, a Kickstarter based on, as I just said, the Feudal Series. So it's all around uh, Japanese theme, ninjas, samurai, drunken monks, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it went gangbusters, uh, much like Mythic Legions. They got some stupendous amount of money. Um, the you know the, the unlocked about a trillion different things. Uh, and as I want to do, I kept increasing my pledge and increasing my pledge. Um, now that was actually about two years ago. So it, it's kind of interesting because I can um, remember you know the the Kickstarter becoming successful and then thinking damn, now I've got to like wait two years for these. That's kind of depressing. Um, and anyway, fast forward, here we are. Um, I got my shipping notice and, and you know, they arrived. So what wow. was actually really cool, yeah, as people uh, who have listened to the show for any length of time know, uh, I'm pretty OCD, so I keep track of um, all my stuff in a spreadsheet. And when I heard that it was starting to ship, I went back and had a look. Uh, at what was actually shipping and, and I picked up a few bits and pieces. I got a, a set of three uh, basic red ninjas um, I got the the solitaire who is kind of like a modern ninja um, And a few other bits and pieces and then I thought oh, yeah, that's right You know, I didn't get the smoke ninja, which is kind of like a translucent guy and I didn't get the fush um, exclusive um, and then I saw my shipping notice and went oh Yes, I did. So that was a, a welcome <laughs> surprise. <laughs> I was getting a couple of extra figures that I'd forgotten about. So, look, I when I opened the box, I decided to just pick a figure and that would be the one that I would review. Um, and the reason uh, that uh, is, is of any, you know, um, any kind of news is because I'm going to talk about a, a few things later on and I don't want to sound biased. So the deluxe white ninja kind of falls in the middle. Um, you know, it's one step up from the basic ninja, oddly enough, um, and but not quite as sort of fancy as, uh, you know, some of the other stuff. All right. So after all that, moving on now, uh, yep, 2017 acquisition from 2015 Kickstarter. This is a six-inch scale. Um, if you've actually been wondering, they scale absolutely beautiful with Marvel Legends. They're spot on. I had one standing next to the Doctor Strange Wave Iron Fist. And uh, they look fantastic. So the Fush are obviously collectors themselves. So uh, going into this Kickstarter, they you know know what they like in toys, and fortunately, it's the same thing that we like. Um, so it's kind of win-win. Um, in terms of price, I actually picked this up as part of a, a deluxe pack. It was my original pledge to sort of kick things off, and I got the deluxe black and the deluxe white ninja as a two-pack for US ninety dollars. Now, um, and, and I thought, you know, two-pack, that they might actually come as a two-pack, but no, it just means that you actually get them together. So they do come in separate packaging. Uh, now, packaging is uh, a window box, not that different to Star Wars Black, um, around the same size, perfectly rectangle, um, unlike sort of the Marvel Legends, which have those kind of slanted edges. Um, and the packaging, I've got to say, it's, you know, it's kind of does the job but it's a little bit on the dull side and I, I don't know i keep seesawing backwards and forwards as to whether um i like it don't like it like it don't like it but um the window is actually huge so you can see the entire figure which is really really cool um not a lot happening on the front we've just got articulated icons we've got deluxe ninja white and then the rest of it is just white 
Uh, on one side, we get a photo of the figure. On the other side, we get a bit of a, a background, I guess, where someone's sort of you know written a bit of uh, prose about it. Um, I thought the most amusing thing was on the back, uh, and um, this is something that I've commented on numerous times in the past, how companies don't put the other figures in the wave on the back. So, you know, if you are a new collector and, you know, you don't have the, the benefit of all these toy news websites and whatnot um, and you just pick it up in store, it's nice to be able to see what other figures are available without having to sort of, you know, rummage through the pegs. Uh, interestingly, they have put all 16 uh, uh, options on the back of the box, um, which is kind of ironic given that, you know, the, the pledge order was two years ago. So... You know, it's not like I'm going to look at the back of the box and go, oh, yeah, I just might get that guy because mm. um, unfortunately your only option at the moment uh, is eBay and they are going for uh, stupid prices on eBay. Uh, same thing happened with Mythic Legions. If you are considering any of these, just hold off a while until the fools who are paying stupid amounts of money have paid their stupid amounts of money. Um, I mean, a lot of these big figures like the uh, the Solitaire and that are going upwards of $100 US and, you know, some people are asking 200 for some of the harder-to-get ones. So, um, yeah, and I do believe the Fush have said that they will sell off some of their excess stock at some point. They're just putting together a bit of a web store at the moment. So, look, it is cool seeing all the other um, characters on the back. Um, you know, it defeats the purpose a little bit, but anyway. All right. Um, so, anyway, slides out fairly easily. Plastic tray uh, uh, all goes pretty easily, pretty smoothly. Uh, figure sits in the tray quite nicely. And um, because it's a deluxe ninja, there's quite a bit of extras going on. So uh, instead of actually having the weapons in the tray like you, you get with your Star Wars Black, etc., because this guy comes with quite a bit of stuff, um, they've actually chosen to go with like a little baggie and they've kind of stuck it in behind the plastic tray and so it fits up the side of his body. Um, each of the deluxe ninjas comes with a part of a rooftop base. So it looks like one of those, um, you know, Asian themed tile roofs. Uh, and obviously the more figures you have, the more of these you can kind of click together and, and create um, a rooftop. Uh, so that's actually a pretty cool extra, I thought. Now, uh, in terms of the sculpt, look, this is actually great. You know, I really have no complaints about the sculpting whatsoever. So this guy is in what you would call sort of a basic um, ninja outfit, um, just like, you know, you've seen in all the movies. Uh, he's got the wraps around his shins. He's got those groovy little ninja boots where you can see his big toes separate from his second toe. Um, so it's all working quite well. And the, the drapery is actually really, really nice. It's not uh, over the top or anything like that. Uh, it all works really, really well. What's cool about this guy is he's actually quite slim. Um, so, you know, there's no sort of bulk to him. He's probably around the same um, size as Iron Fist. So that's why he does fit in quite well with those kinds of figures. So, yeah, about the right size you know, proportions that you would expect. Uh, all of the extras are really well done, like the ninja uh, the ninja head that actually has sort of, I guess, what you would call the, the classic ninja head with the, the head wrap is uh, really nicely done as well. Not only have they actually sculpted the wrap around the head and the face with just the eye you know, slit showing, but you can actually see at the back there's the little um, 
uh, the little bits where he's tied it at the back. And so you've got the little, you know, taggy bits hanging off, which is kind of cool. Uh, all the weapons are really well done. They're quite accurate looking. Uh, they fit well in terms of scale. Um, so uh, sculpt, no complaints whatsoever. I think they've done a really, really good job. Uh, this whole line relies on reuse. And so most of the figures are uh, on, on maybe three or four different bucks. And, and there's some interchangeable pieces there. Um, the figures are made to be quite... Um, flexible in terms of what you can do with them so for example um, the white ninja has um, sleeves uh, he has exposed hands but um, his arms are actually covered but you did have the option of getting what they call the wrap pack and the wrap w-r-a-p features bare arms and you actually get um, additional um, wraps for the forearms so you can actually make it look like he's got bandaged forearms so you just pop off the hands and uh, slip those wraps over his forearm and then put the hands back on um, i mentioned this because it's made the the white ninja incredibly desirable because uh, people have actually been swapping out those arms with the bare arms and making him into a storm shadow for gi joe and so um, the white ninja and arm wrap set go for pretty good dollars on ebay so i think people are re regretting not getting uh, a half a dozen of those um moving on to uh the paint well there's believe it or not not a lot happening when you're a white ninja uh he's cast in white plastic and uh, what they have managed to do, though, is um, add a bit of a, a dirty grey wash over the top. But it, it's actually really nicely applied. And uh, whoever's done mine has actually been fairly consistent across the whole figure. Like, there's no sort of heavy areas where the grey has kind of pulled up um, in, in amongst the sort of creases of that drapery. It actually looks quite nice. And it's just uh, just enough to sort of take away from that that stark white colour. And, and uh, it looks quite good, actually. Um, the belt is a rubber piece that's been applied and uh, it's just cast in black so that looks pretty good so really uh if you've just got the the ninja with his basic choice of head uh the only paint you're really getting are the hands which are painted flesh color and then of course the the slit in the mask where his eyes are uh, and the eyes are all really, really well done. I have no issues with any of mine. The eyebrows have been done really well. The eyes are balanced. There's no Marty Feldman kind of thing going on. Uh, really, really good effort. Um, even the weapons, uh, I was having a bit of a, a closer look at those and like the wooden staff, the bow, um, actually does have a wash over both the wooden part and the material part in the centre that he sort of grips. Um, they haven't, you know, we, we see, you know, uh, quite often weapons are given sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the second treatment and that's where we miss out on paint apps but um yeah nice little wash over the top there to bring that out uh moving on to articulation well you know these guys know what they like so they've gone to town with this guy he has 32 points of everything i'm not going to go through sorry 32 points of articulation i'm not going to go through each one but i'm just going to say he oh, has thank everything. you so <laughs> yes <laughs> he has every, every, everything you would expect in a Marvel legend. Um, you know, we've got ankle rockers to help with posing. Um, we've got a really good ab crunch, but we've also got a cut waist as well. Um, double jointed knees, ankles, like it's, it's all there and, and it all works really, really well. So because he actually isn't a bulky figure, um, you know, there's no restricted area. He doesn't have any parts of his um, uniform that get in the way of lifting legs up or anything. It's actually really quite, um, quite good. All right, accessories. Well, boy, howdy. Uh, this is the Deluxe Ninja, so um, they've absolutely gone to town with this guy. Um, he comes with three heads. 
you get the classic ninja uh, head, sort of the, the wrap. Um, you get the modern ninja mask, which is more like a balaclava. You get the classic old grandmaster head, which is the, the old gray-haired fellow with a top knot with that long sort of droopy moustache. Um, so they're your three basic heads, but that's not where it ends. You also get the the classic ninja cowl, which is um, goes over the top. And because you can sort of pop any of the heads in there and then uh, attach it, um, it works really, really well. Uh, you also get a folded down hood. So if you want to use that hood but don't want to put it on the head, you can actually make it look like it's hanging down um, behind the head, uh, which is cool. Um, there's uh, an additional sash, which you can put around the neck as well, just to look like he's got a bit of a scarf type sash thing happening um but look the the weapons are, are where it really um stands out so he comes with two swords uh and they fit well into a scabbard the scabbard attaches to a belt that can be looped um diagonally around so he can actually wear the the, the swords over his shoulders uh and and they actually all they just fit very very well uh, he comes with a, a naganata, which is, of course, the really long, uh, the long sort of wooden pole with that sort of huge sword blade on the end of it. The bow that I mentioned, he comes with a sigh like Electra would use, a throwing dagger, a bow and arrow, which are actually separate pieces. So none of that kind of, um, you know, we've had, had to mold them together for safety reasons. Um, however, there's no string on the bow. So that's something you, you just sort of have to add yourself. Uh, it comes with an additional quiver full of arrows. The arrows are actually removable, so you can actually choose to have the quiver sort of full or empty. Um, that has a little peg on it, so you can attach it to his belt if you want to. Um, he comes with three different shuriken or throwing stars. He comes with a um, kusarigama, which um, it really is just like a, it looks like a bit of an axe with a, a, a curved blade. Traditionally, it has a, a chain attached to it with a weight on the other end, but this is actually just the, um, the handle with the curved blade. Um, and, and what's actually really cool is he comes with uh, a bit of a demon mask. So if you're a fan of the Wolverine Kitty Pride limited series from many moons ago, um, this kind of red demon mask, um, that Ogan wears. It's very, very similar and sort of inspired by that. And what's really cool is you can actually slip that over the top of other heads. So if you use the old man head, you can actually slip that demon mask over the top. It's a, a flexible rubber material that, that goes over um, and actually fits quite well. So over the, the old man. Um, and if that wasn't enough, uh, presuming I actually remembered to mention everything, you get eight different hands. So you get fists, you get karate chops, you get weapons, holding hands. Um, and I think we're kind of calling them wall crawling hands, you know, with the sort of the fingers splayed out um, sort of thing. Hands attach really easily. They come out, uh, no problems whatsoever with those pegs and they pop in again uh, quite well. And right now you're probably thinking that I am glowing and uh, it's all wonderful and it's fantastic. Uh, and that's not quite the case. Okay. So downside. Um, I've actually found that when I popped the head off um, that came with the figure, the ball socket, um, they're, they're made of such hard plastic that there's actually no give whatsoever. There's none of that sort of soft plastic that gives you a little bit of wiggle room. Um, and so I can't get any of the heads back on. Um, you know, I've pushed and, and heaved to the point where I could actually hear some cracking sounds. Uh, and then I found that I actually had to heat the, the ball joint up in, in hot water 
in order to make it flexible enough to get ahead back on there. So that's that's really disappointing that, you know, these figures which are actually meant to be sort of quick and, and easily sort of adaptable um, that you have to sort of stuff around. But um, the biggest one of all, which I knew about well in advance before my figures arrived, was uh, the stuck hips. So a lot of people were complaining about um, when they go to lift the legs of their figures up that the legs just simply lift up, uh, you know, a centimetre or so and then stop. Um, and then people were advising, don't push it any further because it will actually snap off at the peg. So those hip joints are actually stuck and many, many people were complaining about this. And yes, um, this particular ninja um, does actually have this problem. And that's why uh, I referred to right at the start of the review that I did just pick this guy at random. Um, I wasn't sort of picking on anyone in particular um, because of issues. I didn't know about it at the time. So it seems like the uh, the most common remedy is to heat it up in uh, boiling water and you can either pop that leg out and sand the um, ball joint down a little bit. Um, I'm going to try a different approach. I bought some uh, silicon shock oil uh, in a little sort of bottle with a, a little applicator, which they use in things like remote control cars in their um, suspension systems. So I'm going to heat mine up and then put a little dab of that in there. To, and, and it's, um, you know, this oil um, provides sort of a, a lubricant so, and, and, you know, acts as a bit of a barrier for the ball joint rubbing against the socket. So, yeah, a little bit disappointing that, you know, my guy can't bend his legs out of the box and spends most of his time headless because I can't get the heads back on. And, of course, I'm one of those people who goes, oh, you know, it's probably okay now, so I pop the head off and try and put another one on and go, oh, and then it's back to the, you know, boiling the kettle again. So... Um, the rooftop base uh, is actually very good. It's very heavy. So with all the weapons, the figure, the base and all, you know, the extra heads and everything, it's actually quite a hefty pack. It, it feels like, you know, you're getting a good chunk um, uh, for your money. However, $45 is an awful lot to pay for a six-inch figure. Um, even with all those accessories, you know, you're talking more than double the Marvel Legends figure. Um you know, I knew that going in. Uh, I've said that in the past that it's hard to criticise something when you knew in advance um, what you were getting. Um, I mean, the main reason I went in on this, other than getting some cool ninjas, was actually to support the concept. I think um, you know, there's a, a real future in in action figures being done this way. And oh, yeah. um, you know, Scott, Scotty, you and I supported Mythic Legions, you know, for that reason. Yep. So. Um, so anyway, uh, look, lots of really, really good stuff. Um, yeah, you know, these these are beautiful figures. Um, gosh, this is a tough one. Um, look, I'm probably going to round it out and just say 7 out of 10 for this guy. That's fair. Uh, and I think, you know, you've made a really important point, which is that th this is something that I believe that we do need to be supporting, obviously, People shouldn't buy stuff that they don't want. But, you know, if you think you – know, because it's things like the success of Mythic Legions and, you know, what Boss Fight has been doing that is empowering more people to get into this space. And the more that yes. – uh, the more successes that there are, the more um, opportunities there are. So, you know, I think it's yep. a – it's and this is a first go um, for yep. these, these guys – and hopefully we just get better from from there. Absolutely, yeah. And look, I, I have no doubt that um, the Fush are already lining up their their next uh, approach uh, or the next you know offering, I guess. Um, you know, possibly more feudal series, but it would be great to see them you know diversify into um, some of those other genres. So yeah, yeah. yeah. but I'm also very happy for your 
honest review because I yep. didn't realize the sort of G.I. Joe connection. So uh, it wasn't until you posted on uh, Facebook, uh, I didn't even realize there was that solitaire modern ninja one that I quite like. So I've been tempted since it's sort of tax <laughs> season here to maybe spend some crazy money and grab him. But now that yes. I know, you know, there's potential issues there, I might uh, do as you said and wait for a uh, re-release, which will most likely be coming. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the solitaire, the, the modern ninja, yeah, the, um, uh, he's the one that people have been ad- adapting into a snake eyes. So if you've got him and the white ninja, you're really not that far off um, snake eyes and storm shadow. Very good. Well, thank you very much for that. Ben, I think that uh, we've got, given people a good idea of whether or not that's something that they would want to uh, look into. We'll take a short break and come back with our next Toy of the Week. If you like listening to podcasts, there's a good chance that you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is Wool by author Hugh Howey. It's the first book in a trilogy which unfolds the mysterious story of The Silo, a subterranean city extending 144 stories beneath the surface. It's a captivating book that I had to listen to almost in one sitting because I couldn't turn it off. To get your copy of Wool for free and start your 30-day free trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, our second toy of the week this week is Mr. Eddie, and he's scaling things down a little bit. Yeah, so we uh, managed to get a little bit of G.I. Joe references in in your toy of the week there, Ben. And uh, I have been on a weird Hasbro kick of recent in terms of their sort of company-owned properties. I've uh, been delving into the IDW books and... Uh, their Revolution series that's going on that's tying all their properties together and it's got me going back and reading uh, the old IDW um, series of G.I. Joe and Transformers, which they actually are really good. If anyone hasn't had a chance to go back, there's some really good stuff. Um, Transformers, you can't go past Last Stand of the Wreckers, which is kind of a last stand at the OK Corral. Um, a whole bunch of know-nothing Transformers that uh, most don't make it out at the end, but they make you care about them uh, suddenly. Uh, but when it comes to G.I. Joe, there is a book that I absolutely love. It was a miniseries released right when IDW first acquired the G.I. Joe license, and they were starting from scratch, and part of what they were doing in the IDW books was building up Cobra as a legitimate uh, terrorist threat organization in the real world that was going to uh, do that cheesy thing and take over the world. But they actually had a bit of an idea of how to make that work uh, in the modern day. And while the main book was dealing with uh, sort of the army and the forming of G.I. Joe and there were hints of a Cobra organization, uh, they did a miniseries called Cobra where 
they sent an agent undercover in which to uh, sort of learn more about the organization. And if anyone's ever read the Ed Brubaker book Sleeper, uh, it's very similar to that where you have an agent going undercover and basically he gets stuck there without any resources and it starts to blur the line on whether he's good or whether he's going to end up joining and uh, awkward situations he gets put in, a little bit of um, Donnie Brasco in there as well and i was obsessed because this is a fantastic series they do some brilliant things with comic panel and storytelling and uh they do something very clever where if you know your gi joe mythology uh there's a twist that they trick you with but at the same time if you know nothing about gi joe uh, the twist will still work on you, but in a completely different uh, way, which uh, I was very impressed with. Uh, but one of the things I liked about the series is the main character that they send undercover is a very obscure G.I. Joe. Uh, I found out later in life uh, he was a bit of a joke, uh, which is ironic considering his name. Uh, and that's Chuckles, and the reason being is he wears a Hawaiian shirt into battle, and in the Sumbo cartoon, they never gave him any dialogue. He's in the G.I. Joe movie, and he's just carrying a missile on his shoulder, and uh, everyone thought that was a bit hilarious, but I loved him as a kid because he was kind of just the plain guy. He had a shirt and pants and you had all these other guys with all this weird, crazy equipment because I was coming in in the later half of the eighties. So they were sort of getting bigger and bigger and crazier. And you had psych out who had all these cybernetics on him. So he was easily kind of my main guy that I used, but I was at a shoe store that used to have this weird house structure for fitting kids shoes on. And it had a bit of a gap between the seat and the backing of it and I dropped my Chuckles uh, original vintage figure down there one day and because of the way it was set up it was built into the store there was no way of getting it out without them ripping apart those stairs so anytime I went for new school shoes I could look between the cracks and see Chuckles staring back at me but he was gone uh, no, that shoe store is gone, unfortunately. So I don't know whatever happened when they uh, demolished it. But uh, I was telling this story to uh, his uh, was a comic book store or clerk then, uh, but he's since gone on to own his own comic book store, which is Troy from All Star Comics, who's one of the greatest guys. And I was telling him this story, and then the next week when I went to uh, collect my standing order, I found a vintage Chuckles figure uh, in my pull list that Troy had tracked down and dropped in there. So I was very touched uh, by that. Uh, so I ha- will always have a very soft spot for Chuckles. Uh, he doesn't get too many toy releases. He's only on his uh, fifth one compared to Snake Eyes near 70, I think, at this point. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, I do get excited when a new one comes out. Unfortunately, two have been JoeCon or Joe Collector Club exclusives, so they are the two I am missing. Uh, but uh, they did release one recently for the 50th anniversary, and he was in a special, one of those weird Entertainment Earth cross San Diego Comic-Con uh, exclusive sets that no one's ever still really been able to understand or uh, explain. 
Now, the uh, set did go for a bit of money, particularly with our dollar at the time and uh, sending it back and over. Uh, so I managed to acquire a Chuckles from that set loose. Uh, and uh, it cost me about $25, which I had a save search on. I got him a little bit after the set came out eventually. Um, demand came down and I s found a seller who was also asking a reasonable shipping rate, which can sometimes be half the battle um so i was very happy to pick him up but he didn't come with any box or set things so i can't really talk about the packaging too much he did come with his file card which is a bit of a standard with gi joe but uh it was kind of half written by someone in marketing uh, it's not really <laughs> that detailed, and half of it's just explaining the set that it's a desert set and there's missiles involved rather than any character uh, information, unlike the old Larry Harmer uh, file cards, which I do greatly miss. I wish more toys took advantage of uh, pieces like that to really go uh, in and out, but... Um, being it's a box with lots of pieces in, um, I'm going to assume it's not really that uh, collector-friendly. Uh, in terms of the sculpt, he is a great sculpt. So he's a bit of a kit bash of part reuse, which is fairly standard with the G.I. Joe uh, figures in this 25th uh, anniversary style. So uh, the top half of him is a shipwreck figure which they've used for his Hawaiian shirt and then uh, put the pattern over the top on that. And then the bottom half is from the 54th version of Snake Eyes, which uh, long-time listeners have actually heard me review probably about two years ago. Uh, I reviewed that Snake Eyes figure, and basically he's the ultimate Snake Eyes uh, figure, and he's a fantastic sculpt. So if you're going to use anyone's uh, bottom half, he's definitely uh, the one to use. But where this guy got me excited with the sculpt is uh, the story I was telling at the beginning about uh, the wonderful comic book uh, actually does pay off here in that this time they actually sculpted the head to look like the way the artist Antonio Fuso uh, portrayed him in the series, which was a very uh, Daniel Craig uh, inspired head. And the last chuckles they did in this modern line had a bit of a weird perm kind of haircut to him. So even though I have that figure and I like that figure, wasn't quite uh, sort of the hair that I pictured him with. Uh, so I was uh, very happy to see uh, this chuckles with uh, the head sculpt from the series that uh, I grew to love so much uh, over the years. So, and they've done a fairly... Uh, good job in sculpting it and I was even sort of comparing it with the image uh, before. It is hard because Fuso has a very flat style to his art uh, and the colouring is very matte in the series so you don't get a lot of depth uh, which doesn't work well when translating to 3D but looking at sort of the nose structure and the cheek structure there is uh, definitely that detail there and you do get the hints of Daniel Craig in there. Uh, the hair I'm actually quite impressed with uh, once I started looking up close 
for the review, there's actually a lot of detail in the hair sculpt, which doesn't quite come across on the pictures I put up on the Facebook page. Uh, but for basically the only new sculpt being his head and then a bit of a kit bash, they have managed to turn out a fairly cool new figure here. Now, in terms of the paint, this is where I have a bit of mixed reaction to the figure. So I really like... Um, they've gone, because the set was a bit of a desert theme, they've gone with him in sort of browns and tans, uh, which I can understand, but uh, they have given him a cool sort of orange uh, floral pattern to his Hawaiian shirt, rather than his traditional blue and green Hawaiian shirt. So uh, I do like the idea that this guy has a whole bunch of Hawaiian shirts in his closet uh, that he brings out. But um, it's a really nice uh, floral pattern that they've gone and put on the top here. Uh, his skin colour is a little bit more tanned. Uh, I don't know if that was just uh, the sort of plastic and paint they had available at the time uh, or whether they're trying to tan him up a bit since he was in the desert and it might uh, thematically uh, make sense with this set. Uh, but uh, the... Where the paint does let it down is unfortunately on the head sculpt, and they've sort of given him a bit of uh, googly eyes. Uh, they've probably gone a little bit too big on having uh, white paint, and then they've done... It's sort of that... I'm sure other figure collectors will understand what I'm talking about here. They've done the eyes where they've done that sort of line across the top and then a black dot. Uh, Kenny used to do this a lot of, with their uh, eye paints uh, back in the days of uh, Jurassic World and uh, Waterworld, the Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Thieves figures where they do this line and then the dot to represent the eyes. It's that sort of paint but then also with the whites of the eyes painted in and unfortunately it just doesn't really work on the sculpt itself and it makes the eyes really stand out and give him a bit of that googly eyed look which is a bit unfortunate and uh, even on the photos it actually doesn't look as bad as what it does uh, in person so it is a shame that they've got this good sculpt going but then it is a little bit ruined uh, by the paint there but um apart from that the paint is good all over it's just that one little bit uh is not good but it's a real focal point on the figure unfortunately uh in terms of articulation he has uh 20 points of articulation uh he's got a ball jointed head he's got uh, some cuts and uh ball joints in the shoulders uh he's got elbow joints he's got swivels at the wrist Ball joints at the hips, uh, double jointed knees. Uh, he's got ankle uh, cuts and swivels, and he's got a swivel in the upper waist. Uh, now, unfortunately, the ball joint in the head uh, really is limited and doesn't actually allow much uh, up and down movement. So it is almost basically a swivel, uh, but there is a minor bit of up and down. And the waist swivel uh, does have a bar running through it. And unfortunately, that can get stuck sometimes. So when you're posing him, 
you do got to so kind of adjust and even turn him sideways and push to sort of get him even again and uh, straight up. But uh, you can get some fairly good poses out of him being such a sort of smaller three and three quarter uh, figure there. So I was having some fun uh, doing some of the photos for Facebook, but he's not as articulated as some of like the uh, Pizza Buck Spider-Man legends and that that we are. Uh, getting these days. Uh, what is really cool is some of the accessories that he comes with. Uh, now you're going to have to forgive my layman's turns here because I'm not much of a gun man, so I don't really know uh, <laughs> the proper names here. So I'm just going to go off uh, Yojo and what they list them as. Uh, but you have a pistol with a, a silencer. And what I really like about the pistol and the silencer is he's got the holster on the side of his pants that you can store the pistol in, but it does have a little loophole that you can actually remove the silencer and store the silencer on the side of the uh, pistol holster there. So you sort of have that modular weapon piece going, but it does all store up there. Uh, he also has a knife that goes into a sheath on the bottom of his pants. Uh, he does come with, uh, I'm going to say, an assault rifle uh, and also a heavy duty uh, machine gun. Uh, now, I- M- M249 saw. There we go. That's 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 what I meant to say, yeah. Uh, now, I don't know what an undercover agent would be doing with an uh, M240 saw. Uh, it probably is going to blow your cover a little bit, uh, but uh, that's what they gave him. He does have removable knee pads uh, for his pants. He does have a uh, gun holster, which is kind of... Uh, one of his classic pieces that he seems to always come with. Uh, he comes with a desert uh, neck scarf, uh, a neckerchief, uh, which is cool, and it is removable just by popping off the head and uh, sliding up and down. But I do kind of like that for a guy who's meant to be undercover. It could be something that he sort of slides up uh, at certain points and drops through and he also comes with a thing that i think uh, is often lacking with a lot of figures which is a uh, stand uh now it does do that thing uh that you dislike ben where it does have his name on the stand uh but i can tell you with uh gi joe and the hundreds of gi joe characters they are uh this is one of those cases where those names can come in handy because uh it's not like you're looking going well that's clearly batman and superman it's like well what's the difference between grunt and grand slam and flash and uh clutch and they're all wearing green and have army helmets on which which ones <laughs> Uh, which there. Uh, so it's one of the few cases I think uh, it uh, is acceptable to have their names uh, listed through there. But um, all in all, I am uh, fairly happy to have him. Uh, I do uh, really like him, and particularly the later end of G.I. Joe, where you had uh, the Rise of Cobra movie kind of flopped, and a lot of G.I. Joe figures were left hanging on pegs all around the world. Right after that, unfortunately, they did one of the best action figure lines of all time, which was the Pursuit of Cobra, where they really went in-depth and did a lot of modular weapon work and did some really great realistic uh, style weapons and 
uh, really updated the characters into a modern setting and there was just some really fantastic figures that uh low light figure is still one of the greatest action figures of all time is the gi joe that came with an accessory that was just an individual bullet that you could uh, put into a pack of bullets which was probably the most infamous pre-lost accessory um, ever to exist uh, and this is a chuckles that definitely can fit into that pursuit of cobra line so i am uh, happy to have my favorite joe uh able to now fit in with my favorite uh line unfortunately the bug eyes does stand out and is a bit of a bother um but then it's on the idw chuckles head sculpt which uh was for a long time just a pipe dream it was just something that i really wanted and i do kind of feel like they did go out of their way to make an idw's chuckle just for me because it was on every gi joe board uh my number one want list so uh i'm gonna claim some credit on that one so all in all i'd probably give him uh Eight out of ten dollies. A bit of nostalgia worked in there as well. Good job. Yeah. yeah. A bit of a mix. And I do recommend if anyone can uh, get your hands on it, do definitely check out uh, the G.I. Joe Cobra uh, for issue miniseries. Uh, it also goes by the name The Last Laugh. There's a big hardcover that collects uh, all the um, different Cobra miniseries uh, in together that uh, is definitely worth the Money Purchase, written by Christopher Gage, who uh, did a lot of the writing on uh, the Daredevil Netflix show, as well as many other uh, comics. So, high recommend. Very good. All right. Thanks, mate. We're going to take another break. We're going to come back and we're going to hear from Mr. Scotty, and he's going to do the other 50% of our Toys of the Week for this episode. If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues with the promo code BREACH10. Well, Scotty is our anchor. He brings up the end of the show with his Toys of the Week, something groovy to something groovies. So, Scotty, take it away. Yeah, two groovy somethings. Um, I have been a very big fan of the DC Collectibles Batman Black and White Statue Series. I have not bought every piece in that um, line, uh, but I have been keen on all of the supporting characters and then also the... Um, Batman statues that either uh, are, um, are the iconic Batman artists or ones that just really look cool. And here we've got kind of, I'm going to talk about briefly about uh, one of each. Um, I have, first of all, the um, first Nightwing statue in the line. Um, and this is uh, Jim Lee Nightwing. It is based on um, the Jim Lee uh, Hush um, series, of course. 
And we've waited a long time to mm. uh, see Nightwing in this space. And we waited a long time for Robin as well. And then we got a classic, you know, Carmine Infantino, um, uh, Dick Grayson Robin and, uh, um, a Frank Quietly, uh, Damian Wayne Robin. I think both last year. Um, but this is the first Nightwing. And I remember when this was, uh, solicited having a couple of concerns about how this might turn out. And we'll kind of talk through whether or not those were well founded or not. Um, I, so th- packaging wise, um, this is a, you know, standard, um, Batman black and white. Um, piece, you know, it's all kind of pretty uniform these days from DC collectibles. And, uh, this, um, is, uh, like I said, based on the hush stuff and it is sculpted, um, by Mahid Esmaili, which is not a sculptor I've come across before, um, mm. but certainly has acquitted himself well here. Standard, um, black and white, uh, Batman logo base. And then um, Nightwing is uh, sculpted with uh, his um, two staffs, or um, they're called, aren't they? They're staffs? Escrima sticks. They're what? Escrima sticks. Escrima sticks. Okay, thank you very much. Escrima sticks. But anyway. (laughs) Okay, radio, whatever. The the sticky things. Um, Yes. And uh, when I first, when we saw this solicited, um, you know, he's holding one in his left hand, and then in his right hand, um, the effect is meant to be that he's spinning one, right? Um, but it kind of looked like, you know, Nightwing is changing a tire and holding a tire iron <laughs> or, you know, something. And I wasn't oh, really sure. Good on sure. you. Now I can't unsee it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I wasn't really sure how it was going to fly. Um, uh, but I'm happy to say that uh, I don't find it objectionable at all. Um, part of what they've done in the the final execution of it is that the uh, there is like the stick is sculpted uh, in a um, opaque uh, material, and then the bits that are meant to represent the spearing the, the spinning are sculpted in a translucent material, and so it does kind of get that effect um you know if you look closely at it you can see a little bit of what they've used to stick it on but it actually looks great um one of the things about the black and white um series is that obviously the the lines um when they're done well are really clearly defined and the the sculpting here is great the um the musculature um is you know really nicely done and looks beautiful in the the black and white um i think that um the head sculpt as well is again really nicely done he's got a kind of little um, you know, furrowed brow, but a little kind of smirk, um, and looks, uh, fantastic. Um, and scale wise, uh, sits really nicely with kind of some of the, um, the standard Batman stuff. Obviously, with the Batman black and white, you've got a range of classic to modern. I've got him, um, with the Frank Quietly Batman and, and Damien, and he scales really nicely, um, with them. Um, generally paint wise, there's not stacks to stay, say here. Um, but 
there is are kind of just a couple of tiny paint nickels um, on mine, particularly just on the um, V shaped, you know, what would be blue if it wasn't black and white um, uh, stripe on his chest, where there's just a little bit of a paint wobble um, on the the bottom right hand side of the V, which is a little, you know, unfortunate, but kind of only noticeable when you're looking at up close photos. Um, so, you know, it's striking. I think so this is technically, this is the second Dick Grayson in the line because, oh, sorry, the third Dick Grayson in the line, because we've had um, the classic Robin, um, the Carmen Infantino version. We've got this, but we've also had Dick Grayson as Batman um, in the, that kind of aerial, one where he's diving down and the cape is flowing up. Um, but uh, overall, you know, really lovely work. I would say nine out of 10 dollies um, for this guy, just because of a couple of those little paint issues there. Um, and then the other uh, piece is also my acquisition for this week. And it's the latest release in the line. And this is the non Brayfogel um, Batman um, statue. So like I was saying earlier, you know, there's some pieces that you, that I want because it's an iconic Batman artist. It's some I want because it's just really cool. And this one is both. Um, you know, if you, I think when you think about, uh, you know, Batman in the late eighties, early nineties, um, you know, Norm Brayfogel is really strongly associated with that. And this, um, statue is based on the cover of detective comics 587 um and with an amazing uh you know obviously completely impractical um mm -hmm. flowing cape <laughs> but if he actually had a cape that had as many twists and turns in it as this one does he'd be tripping all over it and flatten his <laughs> face um but for the blowing in the wind to one side effect it's super effective um and you know even though the the Batman of the time when that cover was done was the blue and gray Batman with the yellow symbol. The fact that this is black and white, I do not find objectionable. Um, it's really striking. Like I hadn't actually, I hadn't really clicked that this was coming out. I think just, you know, I haven't been doing the news as regularly. And uh, when I ran across it um, where I bought it, I was just like, what is that? That is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had it was on display in the shop that I bought it from, and we had a whale of a time actually getting him um, into the box because the as it turns out the um, normally these are just two pieces the base and the figure but this is three because the head and the cape are a separate piece from the body. Um, so we opened up the box and the guy just looked at it. He was like, what is going on? <laughs> um, yeah, this is not going to fit. It kind of looks like it should fit, but it just didn't. And then thankfully someone else came in and said, oh, that's a bugger of a thing. It's actually separate pieces. And we were like, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was funny. Um, the, like, th this is, um, just, really amazing I, i'm not quite sure mm. you know what what to say other than um you know it it is a, a very um nicely uh you know sculpted um piece it is sculpted by chris dolberg another new name um to me as well mm. and uh he's nearly eight inches tall um the 
it, it, there's a bit of filling in, obviously, when you look at the Detective Comics cover. This is based on a lot of his body is in shadow, and there's you know some some you know filling in and uh, here, but he's done a really nice job. Um, you know, he's not overly muscly Batman. Um, you know, he's a kind of thinner build Batman than um, he has been at different. Uh, different points, um, but here it's really all about the cape, and yeah. the cape is, you know, amazing. Um, it actually, uh, it's quite heavy, and it's actually sculpted to rest on the ground so that you're provided with that, you know, weight support there. Um, and this, I think, is something that even if this is going to sell really well, even if people don't get the the reference or have you know an understanding of significant Batman artists just because it's so flipping cool. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the uh, uh, paint work is um, really nicely done. Um, the, the cape actually has got a bit of um, texture to it at the back. Um, so, you know, the front, it, it, it's just a exceptional, exceptional piece. Um, so, uh, and the other thing I think that's really cool about this as well is that while the um, head and cape is done in a mat with a bit of texture, um, then the gloves and boots are done in a glossy paint, and it really kind of just makes it gives it a bit of depth um, because they're different. So um, super in love with that. Not exactly sure where it's going to fit in my Batman black and white collection. Cause obviously it's a little bit of a space hog compared to the other pieces, mm. but a definite 10 out of 10 dollies from me. And and I think it also says something that um, about just how rich the artistic history of Batman is that this line has been going for years now and yes. that, that you get a really iconic Batman artist like um, Bray Fogle that's just now coming into the line. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's a really inspired um, thing because I think that yeah, compared to um, the other characters, I mean, you know, the Wonder Woman Art of War um, series I like and, you know, I, I cherry-picked that. The Man of Steel one just hasn't really grabbed me. I'm not, I, you know, I just don't, mm -hmm. I, you know, it's, I, I I just haven't found those pieces compelling. Um, you know, the odd one, yes, but not as something I want to keep doing. But Batman is just the gift that keeps on giving. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I mean, this is great. As so, soon as I opened your link, um, I just went, wow, that's fantastic. You know, it's definitely Norm Brayfogel. There's no doubt about it. I remember this cover. I've got this comic. Um, it's great. But at the same time, all the alarms were going off. It's just like, you know, this is just nightmare. There's, how many little pointy things, you know, between the ears, the cape, the um, – didn't uh, – was it about episode three of the podcast? Um, didn't we we talk about what um, Batman's little knife thingies on his gloves were called? Uh, uh, back yes, in the bat day. prongs I think was what I just said. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's just so many little pointy, breaky things that – oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely one to try and have behind some glass or something. Um, but – yeah, you know, super fun, super fun, um, and I, I think that you know it's just the skill of being able to look at a you know a piece of art and then work out how to execute that as a three D thing yeah. is something that just amazes me. It's mm. you know so well done to Chris Dahlberg, um, well done to DC Collectibles, hooray, hooray. 
<laughs> Very nice. Very nice <laughs> indeed. Yeah. All right. Any Yay. comments, Eddie, or are you just uh, basking in it as well? I, I do really like this piece. The one thing I have actually found amazing about this piece is uh, the amount of comic book readers I've seen uh, fawning over this one. So people who don't generally collect figures or statues uh, really taking note of this guy. So uh, that always seems to mean something when it's pulling in people who don't normally collect mm. uh, even to itself, which it, it definitely is – it's it's captured the iconic, uh, which can oh, be absolutely. very hard to do, but this definitely does. Yeah, I think piece. that um, I think that you know part of what the um, uh, part of what the the compelling bit about this line is is that you know I you don't have to be all in on it. You know, luck for me. You know, I I cherry pick, although I have a lot, but I don't have them all. But then because they're taking these, you know, really um, specific things that you're going to draw in people that, you know, they might just be a huge Norm Breyfogel fan. They mightn't be yeah. a statue collector, but this is, um, you know, at a size where and a price point where someone who doesn't really collect this stuff might choose to pick it up. And, yes. um, you know, I, I think that that's, um, uh, you know, part of the kind of really clever – um, nature of this line, I guess, and I, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> I think everybody's got uh, a favorite Batman, and uh, I think yeah, the depth of this line means that uh, you know everyone could have uh, a statue if they wanted to. Oh, absolutely! Yep. Excellent. Oh, nice Very good, Mister Scotty. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. We're going to have another quick break and we're going to come back and, uh, yeah. Well, if you'd like to hear your questions, comments or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. And uh, Eddie, you've got something special uh, worth mentioning? I do. So for those that don't know, we are very lucky here at Action Figure Blues to have uh, some people whose voice you might not hear uh, on uh, the uh podcast from time to time but uh we do have some wonderful workers and one of them is luke who looks after our instagram account and he does a fantastic job uh he's one of the people who uh is just incredibly passion passionate about action figures particularly uh wrestling figures uh which is why you probably see more wrestling figures featured on our instagram than we actually talk about here on the show but uh, i love it because it's something that i uh don't particularly know so it's nice that we are covering other bases uh in our other format but he does a wonderful job so definitely uh drop in on our instagram and check that out but it is also luke's birthday so we do want to wish him a big happy birthday hopefully 
hopefully there's lots of wrestling figures uh, there under your birthday tree that the birthday budgie left you. And um, I think it's even a wrestling event at the moment. It's like SummerSlam or something. So I'm sure there's plenty of wrestling to watch uh, on your birthday. So happy birthday there, Luke. Happy birthday, Luke. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Excellent. All right. Well, that wraps things up for this episode, mate. Mm. We are done. Another one done and dusted. We're nearing 300 people. It's getting, uh, yeah. it's getting through. Special. Yeah. Around the AFB headquarters and dig up a stapler or something to give away. Yep. Red stapler. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Very good. All right. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Right, good journey. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Max Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the Fush Articulated Icons Feudal Series Deluxe White Ninja, the Hasbro G.I. Joe 50th Chuckles, and DC Collectibles Batman Black and White Jim Lee Nightwing and Norm Brayfogle Batman statues. Well, my Toy of the Week was almost Adam-level words. Mm, Not pronounceability-wise, but just, like, number-wise. When we chuck mine in, that's almost, you know, three lines long. That's impressive. You did very well. I like I was duly, duly impressed.